0: Well, in just a few minutes, uh, as this service progresses, we will join Christians all around the world today in an ancient practice referred to as the imposition of ashes. Some of you, this might be your first time experiencing something like this. Others of you have experienced this many times. It's when our, our foreheads, we come to canvas, some of us have more canvas than others. <laughs> Ashes become like paint, a priest's finger becomes like a, a paintbrush, and these jarring words are spoken over each one of us. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) These are uncomfortable words. They're jarring words, but they're true. They're true words. We know they're true. They remind us the truth that we're mortal. None of us will physically live forever. All of us, unless we're alive when Jesus returns, will physically die one day. None of us know when, none of us know how, but all of us, if we're honest enough with ourselves, if we slow down long enough in Northern Virginia to be honest with ourselves, we all know that it's true, we're mortal. And the ashes are a jarring, mid-February reminder of this. But these words that we hear and these ashes that we receive on our foreheads are jarring for another reason, And that's because not only do they remind us that we're mortal, but they also remind us that we're sinful. Our sin isn't cute. Our sin isn't no big deal. Actually, our sin is deadly. Scripture teaches over and over again that we're all by nature sinful. We heard it in our Psalm 51 reading. We're all bent towards sin. We sang it, prone to wander. Lord, we feel it. Sometimes I wish that hymn said, prone to wander. You bet I feel it. No one had to teach me how to wander. No one had to teach you how to wander. You were quite good at it without ever taking any lessons. In Romans, 623, if we had read all the way to the end of Romans 6, tells us that the wages of sin is death. It's deadly serious and the ashes remind us of this and it's uncomfortable and it's jarring. We're mortal, we're sinful and our sin deserves death. But if that was the whole point of Ash Wednesday, if the whole point of Ash Wednesday and the whole point of Lent was to come to church Be reminded that you're going to die and that it's all your own fault. If that was the whole point of this, then maybe you should have gone and gotten a Valentine's Day dinner tonight. That's not the whole point. That is to miss the whole point. The point is that we need to see those things, yes, and hear those words, yes, and and grapple with it, yes, and not sweep it under the rug and not live our lives looking away from it. Look at it, but see it through the lens of the cross. Hear those words through the filter in the key of the cross. I said this last year and I'll probably say it again on Ash Wednesday for the next 30 years, which is that the substance speaks a message, yes. Yes, it does. The substance speaks a message, but the shape speaks an even louder message. The substance of the ashes that remind you and me of our mortality and of our sin, this substance is not placed upon our foreheads, in the shape of an X as if you're just an insignificant blip on the radar of human history that will one day disappear. The substance of the ashes are not placed on our foreheads in just a sort of smushy blob. That's a liturgical term, smushy blob. (laughs) (laughs) The ashes are placed on our foreheads in the shape of a cross. The substance speaks, yes, we gotta hear it. But the shape speaks even louder. And the shape preaches Christ to us. The cross is the only lens that makes sense of anything. Yes, you are dust and to dust you shall return. Yes, your sin deserves death, but the cross preaches. The cross puts it all in perspective, our mortality and our sin. So here at the outset of Lent, let me invite you, encourage you to not go through Ash Wednesday and not go through Lent with, without that perspective. Don't go through Ash Wednesday or Lent with any other perspective than the perspective of the cross. Yes, you are dust, but you are in Christ. Yes, to dust you shall return. You will. But in Christ you shall remain. This is the yes, but of the gospel. Yes, the wages of sin is death, but Jesus paid those wages. So here we are, Ash Wednesday, looking until Lent now. We're invited to see these uncomfortable things, our mortality and our sin, and grapple with it. And to see it through the lens of the cross. Because without the cross, we'll look at these things through other lenses. And I think there are two primary lenses that you and I might be often tempted to look at our mortality and our sin through. And the first lens we might be tempted to see these things through is the lens of denial. I tend to do this when I receive my property tax in the mail from Fairfax County. I get that envelope and I know what it is. I know it's in there, but if I don't open it, if I don't look at the amount due that somehow seems to go up every year, then maybe it will just go away. (laughs) I'll leave it on my desk long enough, maybe it'll just vanish. I'll wake up and it'll have all been a dream. I can deny the debt that I owe to Fairfax County. I can deny it, and it will feel good temporarily. (laughs) But it will eat away at me. I can't deny it forever. We can't deny our mortality or our sinfulness forever. David, the psalmist, King David, was faced with the exposure of his deadly sin when Nathan the prophet pointed a finger in his face and said, David, you are the man. And I guarantee you, David was tempted in that moment like any other scoundrel to excuse it, to lie, to minimize, to deny. But David wrote Psalm 51. He's talking to God here. Here's how a real man repents. Against you. You only have I sinned. And done what is evil in your sight. A coward denies his sin. A man or a woman after God's own heart repents. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Another lens that may be tempting to look at our own mortality and our own sin through is the lens of obsession. This is on the opposite end of the spectrum. From denial, some of us may be tempted to obsess over our condition. We see ourselves as a house in need of a fixer upper. And we also see ourselves as the one who can do the fixing upping. We have good intentions, I don't mean to be critical. We have the right knowledge that we're sick and that we need a physician, but we think that the solution, we think the medicine lies within ourselves, obsessing over ourselves, somehow bettering ourselves. You can't better yourself by obsessing over yourself. You need help from the outside. If you think that obsessing over yourself is what Lent is about, then I have good news for you that maybe what you need to give up this Lent are your own efforts towards self-improvement. Because if you are in Christ, there is something that's true about you. If you are in Christ, your old self is dead. (laughs) You've been made alive, not conditional on any of your own efforts whatsoever, praise God but conditional on the finished work of Christ alone. Paul said it this way. Romans 6, verses 10 through 11. For the death Jesus died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. I point out these verses for one reason, because they sum up for us very succinctly and quite beautifully what Jesus did and what we must do. Some of you are always waiting for that moment in a sermon. Well, what must I do with this? What am I supposed to do? Well, I'll tell you tonight what you're supposed to do, but first, we have to start in verse 10 with what Jesus did. What Jesus did is in verse 10. He died the death to sin. And he lives the life to God, period, full stop. Those words are there right in front of us. Once for all. So what, was, what must we do? What's our part? What do we do? Verse 11 tells us, consider yourselves dead to sin. It's true about you. It is done. This is is a fact about you that is true. Right now, you are dead to sin. Consider yourself dead to sin. Not make yourselves dead to sin, not Go through these next 40 days and make yourself and your whole family miserable so that you might become dead to a few of your pet sins. (laughs) Consider yourself dead to sin. How are you made dead to sin? How are you made alive to God? Three words, in Christ Jesus. Last week I was out of town for a few days and one day, I opened my computer up to do some work on it, and the battery was totally dead. And so I connected the cable to it and into the wall. And I walked away for a few hours and did something else. And I came back later and sat down, ready to do some work, opened my computer up, and it was still dead. I thought, well, this is interesting. What's going on? Checked the cables again. It's in the right spot. Checked the thing on the wall. It's was plugged in right. I didn't realize I was supposed to flip a switch on the wall to (laughs) make power go to the outlet. My computer was plugged in, but there was no power, no electricity. I could have left it plugged in for 40 days. It would have been just as dead. You can identify your deadness your sinfulness, your, your pet sins, your secret sins. You can make your, your own self try very hard to have victory over those things. You can give things up, you can take things on, but without being plugged into Jesus, there's no power. Nothing will change in your life. You have to be plugged into Jesus. Romans 6:11, you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God. Say these three words with me. In Christ Jesus. That's the key. That leads us full circle now to the shape of the ashes on our foreheads in just a few minutes. This is the lens, the perspective, the power of the cross. The only thing that makes sense of anything the only thing that gives us any true perspective and any true victory over our mortality and our sins we can't deny our way to freedom over mortality and sin we can't we also can't obsess our way to freedom over mortality and sin. We can only throw ourselves on the finished work of Jesus on the cross, moment by moment, hour by hour, day after day, temptation after temptation, failure after failure, weakness after weakness, backslide after backslide, every moment, every day, throw yourselves on Christ again. I need you, oh, I need you, every hour I need you. We heard this from the gospel according to John, for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Good news for you on Ash Wednesday. Good news for you this Lent. You can get plugged back, back into that get plugged back into that tonight this Lent don't plug yourself into yourself there's no power there <laughs> you'll come back to church on Easter You'll be just as dead you gotta plug yourself into Jesus the only place there's any electricity so this tradition of the imposition of ashes it's jarring It's uncomfortable, a little messy, but it points us afresh to Jesus. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return, but you are in Christ, and in Christ you shall remain. I love how the early 19th century pastor Robert Murray McChain put it, I love this quote, for every look at yourself Take ten looks at Christ. He is altogether lovely, such infinite majesty, and yet such meekness and grace, and all for sinners. Let your soul be filled with a heart-ravishing sense of the sweetness and excellency of Christ and all that is in him. Let the Holy Spirit fill every chamber of your heart. And so there will be no room for folly or the world or Satan or the flesh. Hmm. The substance speaks, but the shape speaks even louder. For every look at yourself, take 10 looks at Christ. Let's pray. O Lord, our God, grant us grace to desire you with our whole heart, that desiring you, we may seek you, and that seeking you, we may find you, that finding you, we may love you, that loving you, we may hate those sins from which you have delivered us.